This is Daizen Shui X, the podcast, episode 198, for the week of November 22nd, 2009. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dies and Shui X. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dies and Shui X. Thank you. And there's cats in the background. Of course Whoa. we start recording. Live. Now they're ready to get up. It's a live studio audience. Uh, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball and kitties in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining without With fail. Kitties. And yeah, they were just um, asleep cold. for hours. And you start talking, you're like, oh my god, play with me. Ah, oh, whatever. That's how we roll here. Oh, with animals. That's right, we got animals. It's hey. like the Dragon Ball world. You have to have a little talking animals, and our cats do talk. <laughs> it's very true. One of them is very vocal. However, she is not the uh, king of the world. Oh, she thinks she's the king. She wants to be. Mary, hi. Hiya. Dragon Ball? Let's do the Dragon Ball. Making up songs about it now, huh? Ah, uh, yeah, it was pretty lame. Wow, hey. Hey, uh. Mike, all good. You. Yep, Mary Vegeta and Mike. Vegeta EX. Vegeta EX. Introductions done. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Well, we're lacking Julian again. We are. We are. Uh, I briefly spoke with him. He was going to be around for bits and pieces, but then I wasn't, and then we couldn't meet up. And we're recording this part of the show later on Sunday. Just how it rolls when one of us is in Japan and the one with the recording equipment and actually producing the show is not. Oh, half a world away is so tough. It's true. It's true. Mary, you and I, you are going to join me for the introductions and the news and the releases and the contests and all that kind of uh, non-topical oh, stuff. superfluous stuff. Superfluous stuff. What are yeah. you doing? I'm what do you got there? At this thing. Attack of the Cyans. <laughs> and it's colorful. But the inside is a knot, which is what I was looking to see. You're getting distracted by instruction books, I see. I, get in, I, got, I got distracted by burly men. Burly men. All right. Hey, Mary. Yeah. So uh, this episode is the Dragon Box review. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's here. here. It's, it's done. Reels. I already recorded. I already edited everything. I'm ready to stitch it into the show. I was joined a couple days ago by our buddy Heath from Constantai and our buddy Corey. Kind of my go-to guys talking about Dragon Box stuff. Wonderful, wonderful discussion. I think we spoke for about an hour and a half. That will cover the topic as well as emails, actually. We went through four emails that all relate to fun and their Dragon Box release. Everything you want to know, we're covering there on the show, as well as uh, our respective websites, reviews and comparisons and features, everything you want to know. And so, much more. And way, way much more than you possibly wanted to know. So that's this episode. Uh, we got a little bit of news. Not much left in the way November's releases, I think just one day. We've got contest stuff, though. Gearing up for episode 200, we are giving away massive things. I'm going to say right now, what you see on the website, what you have heard thus far, about the contests, that's not everything. Oh, yes. We're I'm not gonna... saying anything else right now, but I will say there is more to it. And Mary, there's actually more to it that I decided today that I haven't told you yet. Oh, man. So can I enter? No, you can't. Uh... <laughs> because the prizes are already here. So am, I, you... am I looking at it in this room? Uh, I can actually see part of an extra piece right now, but you can't. I'll have to. Okay, I'll dig around. <laughs> I'll see if I can go on a we'll scavenger see. hunt. Stay tuned. Later in the show, we'll give you all the details. Of course, you can visit the contests page on Daizen X. But speaking of episode 200, that is our stuffage right now to tell you about before the news. All the details on our meetup are up on uh, the forum and our Facebook page. I've linked them on Twitter. We are getting together 
Center, uh, December 5th, which is a Saturday in the evening. I haven't decided an exact time yet, but I'm thinking something like 4 to 5 p.m. we'll meet up. Uh, all the information, just go check it out. We would love to have you join us. Drop us a line. Let us know that you're coming. Uh, reply to the Facebook event. Uh, respond on the forum. Just kind of want to know confirmations on uh, who's showing up. And you can see who's joining us there. Uh, some friends of the show and some people we've never met before. So I'm very, very excited about that. That's uh, kind of the meta junk going on right now, Mary. It's so meta. I'm happy to pull you away from your uh, hour and a half round of Pixel Junk Eden to do the news with me here. First bit O news is really just that uh, Raging Blast CD single, which is coming out next week. Finally have a track listing for it. The opening theme to Raging Blast is progression. Other than that, there will be another Hironobu Kakeyama song on there. The B-side is called Road of the Promise, Yakusoku no Michi, which just means Road of the Promise. One of those weird cases where it's in English and Japanese in the same title. Uh, not a whole else to it. Uh, there's going to be instrumental versions of both. It's out next week. We'll talk about it again in the releases. Mary, what else we got? Funimation has just announced the release date for the next Dragon Box. Woohoo! Basically, it's three months from now. Right Stuff put up an entry with a release date of February 16th, 2010, so mark your calendars and save your dough. That's right. Nothing else to say about it. I guess Right Stuff has a listing and that's it. Yep. Get your pre-ordering now. Mike, next. Yes. Well, the next bit of news, really just cruising through these. The last thing we got for you, Dragon Ball DS2 is official. Jump has unveiled Dragon Ball DS2. Tatsugeki Oredo Ribbon Gone or Charge Red Ribbon Army Hooray Lovely Japanese titles where you have to have exclamation with two exclamation points and then a continuation that just describes it kind of like an episode title exactly. of the show Gotta have those multiple explanation points That's right Jumpscan says it's coming out on February 11th 2010 so again not too far off uh, it's going to be 5,229 yen. Very strange price point there. Very specific. Uh, it shows you how much more DS games are in Japan. We're, we're talking upwards of 50 bucks Madness, there. Madness, I tells you. Ours typically max out at 35, and then there's the Squeenix tax of 40 if you're going for Final <laughs> Fantasy games. But It's a tax. I love it. Penalization. <laughs> for buying the same yeah. game four times. Like, you moron. You're going to keep <laughs> buying this? Fine. If you're going to do it, fine. We'll just charge you more money. Uh, it's hinted at in the scan that you'll be able to control more with the regular controls rather than just the stylus, which is a complaint I had with the first game, where so much of stylus controlled. In fact, I never finished the first game. The control was a part of that. Also, just plenty of other things. It just wasn't all that refined. But if this is going to be a refined game, I am looking forward to it. No word on an American release, but since it was just announced uh, for Japan, I'm sure we'll hear something about it in the relative near future from Namco Bandai US. Mary, that's the news. That's Short it. and sweet. I love it. Nothing topic. else. Topic. 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 See you in a little bit then. Okay. I am joined on this fine evening by two fantastic gentlemen. Probably the expected people, but that's fine, because we are all here to circle jerk over the Dragon Box. Am I not correct? I'll let you and Corey do that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's go around. We got Mr. Heath from Constantine. How you doing, dude? Pretty good. A little busy, but pretty good. Busy. I hear you. I, I wonder why. Trying to graduate, you know? Oh, there's Find that. A job. <laughs> all, all that fun stuff. And then this Dragon Box stuff, and then contests, and just random shit. <laughs> Lovely timing, I hear you. We also have with us, Mr. Corey. How you doing? I'm doing well, but I would like to, uh, for the sake of this momentous occasion, uh, change my name to Mr. Dog. Mr. Dog. <laughs> you are now the king of the world. 
<laughs> I am the first emperor of Rome. And in 2,000 years' time, I shall be known as a can of small dog food. And Jake will thank you very much for that. I know he will. That's just for you, man. Wow. Are you confused yet, Mike? I'm fully confused. I'm moving on. We are here to talk <laughs> about Funimation's Dragon Box. Can you guys think about this? We have Viz that has released a Daisenshu, and now we have Funimation that has released a Dragon Box. Did either of the two of you ever, ever in a million years think we would see Trunks show up in America? Never mind a Daisenshu and a Dragon Box. Well, I don't know if you remember on the forum, I think two days before the official announcement, I made a post <laughs> about. Um, no, Funimation will never spend the money on the Dragon Box. Yes, And yes. then they announced it, and then that day I just... I think, what was my response? Well, fuck me, or something like that. So, <laughs> I think they were waiting specifically for that point. Yes, like, yes. I feel that way sometimes, too. It's all, a, it's all a ruse just to get me to say terrible things. Prove me wrong. Corey, how about you? You think we'd ever see a day like this? Uh, you know, the, uh, the Viz release was surprising enough, but on some level it was kind of like, okay, you know, they're branching out. They're trying to bring over some of the art books and stuff like that. But, um, you know, if you had asked me a couple of years ago or three years ago almost when we were sitting down to review those damn uh, orange bricks. Right, if right. Someone had, if someone had come out essentially and said, okay, I'm from the future, Funimation's going to do one, one of two things and you have to decide which. They're either going to start dealing heroin or they're going to release the Dragon Box. I'd say, wow, what kind of heroin? <laughs> it's true. You know, you, we did sit down and review those orange bricks. That first season came out February 6th, 2007. Here we Yikes. are, November 2009, just about three years later. You know, I've talked a little bit about this uh, every time we're featuring the Dragon Box. Two months after they released Season 9 in the Orange Bricks is when they announced the Dragon Box. That came out May of this year, 2009. <laughs> and here we are in November with the first Dragon Box. This it, It's typical Funimation in that it defies all logic, but seems to have an audience. Well, here's my question. Have they... I didn't look at the inserts. Did they have a special send-off where you could send, like, the UPCs from the uh, season sets, <laughs> and they would send you, like, the Costco big jar of Vaseline? <laughs> no, no, no. I've seen plenty of posts from people saying, oh, you know, I spent all the money on the orange brick sets, you know, and I'm so irate now. Is there any kind of trade-in program? I think we are definitely going to talk about a comparison between their releases over the years and, you know, who should get what and what Funimation has to say for themselves. We'll get to that in due time. I want to start it at the beginning. We have talked endlessly about this over and over. We have been so psyched for a Dragon Box release from Funimation. But let's assume that you're coming to our show for the first time. You've never been to Daisenshu EX. You've never been to Konzentai. You've been living under a rock in terms of Dragon Ball fandom. You have no idea what a Dragon Box is. You just go to Target or Best Buy. You pick up those season sets. Why is there another, in some cases, the fourth release of Dragon Ball Z TV episodes? So, Corey, I'm going to shoot it over to you. What the hell is a Dragon Box? All right. Uh, essentially, it started out originally, if I'm remembering, uh, Toei had put an actual poll on one of their websites. I want to say it was back in 2000 or so. It had an assortment of the shows that they had released, uh, asking, gauging, I guess, interest in massive DVD releases, you know, remastering jobs. Uh, Dragon Ball, of course, was one of the options. I think it ranked somewhere in the third or fourth spot, but I, again, that was almost a decade ago. 
Um, they finally did in 2002 announce that essentially they were going back to the original 16 millimeter film masters, uh, doing an actual frame by frame restoration process, uh, creating a new master and putting them out essentially in commemorative pre-order only boxes, uh, which would consist of about 150 episodes a piece, uh, basically for the Z boxes and for the Dragon Ball box. And then the entirety of GT came out in its own box. They were pre-order only, and they cost about, I want to say, 100,000 yen at the time. So they were big collector's items. Uh, they were essentially the, uh, I guess, the finest release you could ever find in the series, in addition to being the first DVD release in Japan. Right. That's a really important note to make, is that other than the movies, which saw VHS and Laserdisc, TV series never came out in Japan. Yeah. The, the U.S. and many other countries around the world had... Dragon Ball home releases well before Japan. Yeah, definitely. Although it's not unheard of for these long, super long-running shows that have just been going, and they're just in constant reruns, and VHS releases seem... I don't know, why would you buy... Other than American audiences, why would you buy two or three episodes for such a long series? So it seemed to make sense to wait until we could have some kind of archive format, really. And DVD is kind of the first consumer archive format we've ever had. Well, and you also have to think that up until even now... Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are still going through reruns on TV and satellite right, in Japan. Right. So, I mean, they've had access to this since it originally aired. You know, I, I think of it a lot of way, not great comparisons, but something like Simpsons and Seinfeld, where it did take a while to get those out on a home format. But we just think, I'm, I'm going to turn on the TV, and I guarantee you an episode of The Simpsons or Seinfeld is going to be on. Do I really need to own the home DVD release, right? True. All right, let's move out of Japan. They got these great box sets, uh, all of Z, all of Dragon Ball, all of GT, all of the movies. Here we are in North America. Funimation is our distributor over here. Funimation began in 1994. Uh, they incorporated then. 95 Dragon Ball came out. 96 DBZ came out. And since then, we've had what has felt like release after release after release after release of the series. Like I noted, this is actually the fourth release for certain episodes of Z, specifically uh, the first story arc. Uh, we've had the original release which was dub-edited only as it appeared on TV in 96. That was produced by Funimation, although Pioneer distributed it. They didn't really have anything to do with its production. Uh, that was replaced many, many years later. I think they announced in 2003, Funimation announced, that they were going to go back and redub the first two seasons of the show since they reacquired the home distribution rights. And that was what we got as the ultimate uncut edition, and that did air on Cartoon Network as well. Then we were talking about the Orange Bricks, which started in 2007. That was Funimation's own in-house, what I call the faux remastering of the series, where they went back to a master that they newly acquired some type of film that they did their own heavy digital video noise reduction on and did indeed chop off the top and bottom of the screen to create a new widescreen presentation is how they like to call it and here we are almost three years after that with a version of the japanese release of the show we've had 15 years with this company and release after release it's tough to keep track of and here we are now just Talking about another release, why is it so important to North American fans? What do you think, Keith? I think it's important mostly because we've never seen anything like this in the U.S. Basically, just because 
Toei is somewhat stingy and only gave Funimation, I, I don't even know if I want to say decent Digibeta tapes, True. but they just never really had the quality to work with, so it, it stands to reason that anything that they ever did, any remastering, would never really get you what Toei had. I mean, they had access to the 16mm film, and they went back and used that, and so Everything that we've gotten over here, a lot of people have said, have, has been saturated. Uh, you know, a lot of the colors really brought out. And they, in a way, just try to make it look the best that they possibly could. But at some points, I don't know who would ever consider that really the best, if you know what I mean. Right, right. And basically, it's just really important because this is the way that it probably should really be presented. If you're somewhat of a purist or an avid fan, this is probably the way you would want to see it. Right, this is... This is how it aired. I mean, this is the show. It's almost like, how do you describe a state of being? This, it, it just is. Well, and not only that, it's also, it's a 4-3 release, all 291 episodes with Japanese, Japanese score and subtitles and a dub. Right. So, I mean, this is something that most fans have been asking for for what, 15 years now? Well, it's true. We've had release after release. Something's been missing. You know, a lot of us like the eye catches. We like the next episode previews. This is how we viewed it pre-Funimation and even early Funimation when they didn't have the entirety of the series. This is how we saw it taped off of Japanese television through our fan subs. That's just what it was to us. Right, and I think that's a good point to bring up. Uh, you mentioned the whole completeness, the package of you have... The opening that goes with that episode, you have the episode, the eye catches, and then you have the actual ending and next episode preview that goes along with that specific episode. And they did that for all 291, and that's something that Funimation has just never had, um, mostly because they just didn't have access to it. It was never given to them. Right. I think the story was they didn't get the audio for the next episode previews. So when it aired on TV, they were able to dub their own for it. But on home releases, I think how it mostly went was each disc had one next episode preview that was dub only, which is basically for the next disc. And they considered that an extra. They didn't really place it with the episodes on the discs. Krillin's in the house. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, that's where we got those kind of terrible things in the Barry Watson era. Basically, it just it's the first time ever in the United States that we've had a complete, full package of the show where everything is basically exactly the way it was supposed to be. There's no cropping, everything's in 4-3, original colors... All the next episode previews, all the ending credits, opening credits, eye catches. I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that if you're just looking for episode presentation. That's a good point. You say complete. We've talked about how the Orange Bricks, you know, what they did have going for them was it was finally the first consistent release of the entire series. They did go from episode one to episode 291, and it was basically the same, the same package, same consistency beginning to end. But it wasn't complete. There were things missing, like 15 to 20% of the picture, but now we're beyond that at this point. We, we do have the Dragon Box. Right. And I think that's a, you mentioned the orange bricks, and that's another good point to make. Corey mentioned that a lot of these Dragon Boxes were about 100,000 yen, and for anyone that doesn't quite know, that's roughly about a thousand dollars, right? Especially at that point. Nowadays, with the economy and everything, that's a little more. It would have been like twelve hundred, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but actually, you know, we're getting 
the Dragon Box Z volumes here in the U.S. for a much better price than what it was available for in Japan. And I think that's really good on Funimation's part to put these out cheaper. And at the same point, split them up into seven volumes so that someone's not going out and dropping a whole K at once. I mean, just dropping a grand on a set of DVDs. Absolutely. I mean, we're looking at seven sets, right? Right. Okay, well, MSRP is $80. Very few of us are paying $80. You do seven times 80, that's $560. You're still looking at about half the price of what the Japanese paid for their entirety two sets. It, well, it'd be about oh, a, a You're quarter. right, double that. Because mm-hmm. there were two original volumes in Japan. So, I mean, for a quarter of the a price, quarter of the you're price you're right. almost everything that they got in Japan, besides a couple extra bonuses and figures and whatnot. Well, let's get into it then. All right, we're paying a quarter of the price. What price are we paying there? And I don't mean that in a monetary figure. I mean that in a content figure. Let's just jump right into the packaging of Funimation's first Dragon Box. I know you guys both own the first Japanese Dragon Box for DBZ, so you're able to do a lot of great uh, comparison pictures between the two, uh, which is something I can't easily do here. So I'm going to let you guys describe what is the difference between a Japanese Dragon Box and what we have here from Funimation. Well, I'll start it off a little bit, and then Corey can kind of take over whatever I miss. Sure, go for it. But um, the most obvious thing that I think most people recognize is just the size alone, and not just the width of it, but the actual how hot, how tall it is, and the length of it I did a comparison on Constantine, and it's about 30% smaller than what the original Dragon Boxes were. And the only thing from that is, if you actually own both, it does look kind of weird. Because one, the, the original really dwarfs the smaller Funimation one. Yeah, I'm looking at your picture, and it's really cute, but it's very, very strange to see them next to each other. Right. And we'll get into our opinions on that later, I guess. But it's uh, I'll throw that out there. It is a little weird to see them next to each other, albeit this one is a lot thinner since we only have two DVD books. But other than that, it's just a smaller package in general. The Dragon Book that comes along with it is smaller. Just about everything is. And then you have, because of this, they had to stack discs on top of each other inside the DVD books, which in itself is for me a no-no other than that um we can get pretty nitpicky about what some of the differences are but the the general thing is the size i would say yeah it's a miniaturized version right right the one thing that Corey and i noticed almost right away when you when i went to pick it up in best buy and so did Corey, the dvd books are purple or appear to be purple yes whereas in the original they're blue and when you put the two next to each other it is clearly obvious (laughs) that the colors do not match at all which makes it look even a little more weird on your shelf if you don't have a a light on it it just kind of looks like maybe it's a a deepish blue but you get some reflecting on it it's definitely purple oh yeah i mean it's it there's some of the pictures that'll be on the internet and i don't know what they did but Hey, it works. I, I don't have a huge complaint about it. Oh, no, it's not really the fact that you, a nitpick. You put them it's next different. to each other. Exactly. Uh, we can get into some other nitpicky stuff if you really want to. I, I would like to have one big nitpick about the American box. And I was actually... I know exactly what that is. <laughs> I was not surprised to see so many other people in our still ongoing I Have It In My Hands thread saying the exact same thing. You say you know what I'm talking about. It happened to me last night, uh, and I started taking some of these pictures, uh-huh. and I was moving the box around, and on mine, 
I went to grab the box from the top and I put my hand and when I went to pick it up, it just caught the edge of the top part of the paper Mm -hmm. just right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't quite glued down all the way and boom, there it went. Yep. And you can see it in a lot of the pictures I took. It's kind of popped up on the end and yeah, I wasn't too happy about that. Yeah, I'm I'm going to have a a nice close-up shot of it. But the way the box is made is the material isn't printed on the box. It's kind of this paperish wrap-around adhesive to it. And unfortunately, there is a seam at the bottom, and pretty globally among everyone's purchases, that bottom is starting to peel away from the box. I mean, within a couple days, uh, I'm already missing, I mean, I haven't lost it, but it's about a quarter of the way off. Yeah, that's about where mine is. And I'm just going to, it's going to get to the point, I'm just going to have to glue it back. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's not a big deal, but I feel like... They've come so far with such a great product, it's it's already peeling apart. That just makes me kind of sad. Well, on mine, it looks like, in general, in the area where it's coming loose, it was just never really glued to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And then it catches, and then you pull it off a little more each time. Mm-hmm. And- well, I'll note by comparison that, you know, Mike is saying that it's not printed on the box itself. It's actually a paper wraparound. It's the same with the Japanese box, actually. It's just, it's I guess it's a uh, thicker it's clued quality. on better. And it has, right. the thing I noticed is that I've always kind of been paranoid about one of those edges <laughs> peeling up. But, you know, you got to figure Dragon Box Z1, I think, came out back in March of 03 or so. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've never had it start to peel away even in the slightest, and I think it's because the actual seams don't really uh, extend outward, whereas, you know, they're completely contained on Mm. the bottom of the box, whereas if you look look at the funny box, for whatever reason, it tends to have those kind of extend outward a bit, where if you were flipping the box over, like Heath was talking about, you go to grab it the wrong way, and it just peels right up. Well, and the thing is, even on the original, the paper it's printed on then there's a fine clear film that's over it Mm, okay so it's it's not just the paper and then the other part is the way it's glued on the top on the funimation box it's just a square or a rectangle that they've cut out and glued on the top whereas on the original goku on the front his hair actually wraps onto the top of the box and so there's no seam there. That's all one sheet that just keeps going. Gotcha. Okay. So it's not actually exactly the same. Yeah, it's just so the bottom, I think, of the import that, box. Yeah. Right. There are some seams that are covered up more so in the original. And really, this is all minor nitpicking, but it just sucks to have our Dragon Box in the span of a week already kind of pulling apart yeah. from itself. Oh, just wait until you really start scanning it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, and I guess that's a, a big difference to note is because it's small, it's easier to just carry it around. I mean, I have all my computer stuff up here in the loft, and I got my TV down in the living room. I just grab the box and bring it up and down when I'm doing various things. So, I mean, I have to imagine it's taking more wear and tear than the Japanese box would. Well, and I think that's a, a good segue into one thing that Corey and I had previously talked about is just the the size difference is actually a pretty big effect if you own the original the weight factor i mean you can't pick up the original with just one hand and Mm, walk away i mean it's a two-handed deal (laughs) and it just comes off as uh this is getting more opinion based but grand like it has this grandness when you see it i mean you just go Oh my God, what is that? <laughs> oh my God, what did I pay for? Exactly. <laughs> You're like, this thing costs $1,000? It's huge. Right. And then you, you look at this other one, and, well, it's great and all, just 
for me, and this probably will not apply to a lot of people that only have the domestic Funimation Dragon Box. It just, when I got it, it wasn't this, oh my god, look at this. Yeah, and I think that is a lot of, all right, you own the Japanese one. You've had it since how, how many years now? So for a lot of people, they are having that religious experience of picking up the American Dragon Box and being like, I'm finally holding it. So you're just a spoiled brat is what we're getting to here. <laughs> well, and we, we both came to the same conclusion that, you know, it's just solely based on the fact that we own the original. If we didn't, I'm sure it would have been totally different. Right. Though I will just say one thing. I've had people come over here before, and the way my living room is laid out, you walk in the door and I actually have, A, I live in like a tuna can, so it's a very small <laughs> apartment. I have a big bookshelf that has glass doors, and that's where I keep them. And I've had people actually like come in and sort of look around, and they're like, oh, shit, uh, Dragon Ball. It's like, yeah, what the hell is that? It's fucking huge. Right. It's like, that's, well, that's half the series. That's another half of the series. That's the original series. That's GT, which I just bought because I was on crack, and uh, that's the movies. Right. There's like, holy shit, what art? Is it like fucking laser discs? <laughs> <laughs> is it like old vinyl LPs? Well, the last thing I'll say about the size is the box is basically sized down to standard. DVD height that we would have with anything else. So it's going to fit with all your other American DVDs properly shelved. Well, and that's one thing I was thinking, which I have to give props for Funimation for this. My main thinking of why they went with this size of box, let alone split up into seven, was just the fact of we can put this on a retailer's shelf yes. in a store. Exactly. Whereas you have this big fucking box. What the hell is Best Buy supposed to do with it? Right, right. <laughs> I mean... They're not going to probably set up some little stand off to the side for it, or they'll stick it in the back of the store. And so I think it was a really smart move on their part to actually shrink them down. It was. I mean, as much as this is geared towards us, they need to get this into the retail chain to get some extra profit off of it. And that's the only way they're going to do it. Yeah, and I've seen the big kind of oversized novelty boxes, like I guess, you know, a complete series box for Seinfeld, I think, was like a mock-up of a refrigerator or right. something. It's And they kind of have to stack it off to the side next to the DVD shelves and have a sign almost like, hey, Seinfeld, arrows pointing to it. I mean, because sometimes, sometimes they actually do put them on the shelves, but then they get wedged in between the top and bottom shelf and you can't uh, get yeah. anything right. out. You have to fight with it for half an hour to get something out. <laughs> then you damage the box and all that fun stuff. All right, let's move away from the box. I want to talk about what is basically the only extra with this set, and that is the Dragon Book, which was originally announced to be 80 pages. Well, the final product we have here is uh, looks like 47 pages. It still is hardcover. Yeah. It's the size of the box. It fits in between the two uh, books of DVDs, for lack of a better phrase. Um, and it's got some neat stuff in it. So, uh, Heath, can you tell me what is significant about this book compared to the Japanese release? Well, first, the size difference was the one thing. But you mentioned the difference between the Funimation Dragon Book is a hardcover as opposed to the original that's a softcover. Mm, right. And I've noticed just the softcover one's a lot easier to scan. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> for us. Talk, uh, yeah, Who does for that us, affect? It affects me. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, the one main difference is in the original Japanese Dragon Box, the Dragon Book was actually in the seventh Dragon or the DVD book. Oh, okay. So there were just two discs, 
And then on the other side where the other two discs would be, it's blank. And then the Dragon Book just fits right in there. So it, it's actually kind of nice. It's protected. It's put away. I leave mine out on my shelf with my Daisenshu. And then in the Funimation box, this is actually, like you said, put in between the two Dragon Books. Which I did a little thinking, and I may have way overthought this. I'm sure you did. Which uh, thank you. <laughs> Which probably goes along with the podcast, but <laughs> what they they ended up doing is they kind of needed a place to put the book. Yeah. And when they made when they designed the DVD books themselves, the the two DVDs that end up stacking inside, you'll notice that that side of the case is actually thicker. Mm-hmm. And so on both of them, if you do the difference, it's the same thickness as the book. So I think it was kind of a well, how do we get this thing to fit in here? And we already have to overlap these discs. So the other side where there's only one disc is actually smaller. So the, the width of the DVD books is just a tad smaller, which is probably way overthinking things. Yeah, but, you totally lost me. I was just going to say it's uh, like Dragon Box the movies where they just put it in between. <laughs> well, and that was more of a, we just need a place to put this and we filled up all right. the DVD books. And uh, this was, I- I'm going to say again, a smart move. Yeah, I agree. Just on the, on the part of the book's easy to get to. I'm not sure if I really like the putting it in the middle. I think I would have liked to see it more on the side, like on the right side, so it's the last thing. All right, in the Ms. Box. Mr. Nitpick, let's talk about what's inside the book. If the box wasn't fucked up where you could actually get out the book oh, that's on the true. right. It is really difficult exactly. to get. Exactly. And uh, then I'd go for it being on the right, but it's okay where it is because then I can actually get it. <laughs> Mike, did you have that problem? Because both Cor and I ran into that problem. Yeah, I'm having a lot of trouble just getting stuff out of the box. Yeah, the. Well, the first DVD book and the Dragon Book come out just fine, and then the second one just stays in there. So I have to reach my hand in it and just rip it out, basically. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure why it gets stuck in there. It's like the one side of the box is smaller. All right, what's in the book? What they did was they took from... This one was just taken from the first volume of the original Japanese Dragon Book, and they just basically split it up. I'm assuming they're going to take all the stuff out of the original books, translate it, and split them amongst the seven volumes. And so this one is just a smaller version of the original. It covered the first 42 episodes, which were contained on this Dragon Box. And uh, overall, I am thoroughly impressed with what they did with this book because it's uh, has the same layout. Uh, you open it up. And the first thing you see is is Shenlong right there. And that's exactly what you see when you open up the original. And the Dragon Book, or the Dragon Book Z Volume 1, first page, that's all the same. The, the index, the, the table of contents is set up exactly the same. You have the, the perfect episode guide. And for the most part, everything is taken almost literally straight from the original and just translated and put into a smaller version which is great so some, oh, yeah i think they did a great job with it uh, there are some inconsistency things that uh Corey and i found i'm sure i got the exact same couple things yeah i uh, one that you mentioned it in the last podcast but the cyber man one yeah i noticed that almost right away and it, that, that was a really weird one because I wasn't actually reading the book. I was just flipping through it. and Exactly. You, That's when I called You just pick that stuff up without even having to read it. Like, oh, it says Cyberman here, Cyberman here, whatever. I think uh, Tension Han, his name is misspelled somewhere in here. Oh, really? I can't remember where it is. It's in one of the episode summaries. They just they switched two letters around in his name. Gotcha. Yeah, there's the profile of Goku family, which just looks at uh, basically character profiles. 
that's all straight from the Dragon Book, except this time they only include four. So some of these things, I think we can expect to see them in other volumes because there are a lot of characters that were left out. Right, makes sense. There are just some things like that. And then you have the dragon columns that were inserted. And those, again, are just shortened versions of what was in the original. But they made sure, and they did a good job about it, of anything that they did, like the dragon columns, like the fashion check, and uh, what was the other one, the history timeline? Yeah. They made sure that they're only relevant to the first 42 episodes. Yeah, that's true. And so I think they did a pretty good job of that, because the timeline is a lot longer in the original. There's more fashion check stuff that uh, was not included, and also the design works collection. There were a lot more of those in the original So I'm sure we'll see these over time as we get subsequent releases. But overall, I'm impressed with what they did. And I love seeing the names, the names and the episodes. That's exactly where I want to take it. I want, Corey, let me ask you. We have exclusively Japanese credits for characters in here. Kuriden is Mayumi Tanaka. There is no Sunny Strait. There is no Destructo Disc. Um, I'm sure I know what your feelings are on the matter, but how do you feel about this having just stuff for us? I'm amazed in all honesty. I mean, it seems like a a strange, bizarre world creation (laughs) where we're seeing something that seems to be targeted towards, uh, you know, the demographic that's been more, uh, exclusive to the Japanese version. I mean, you would expect... You know, when this first was announced, you know, we thought that there would probably be some fan service towards, you know, fans of the original, but there would still be almost that insurance policy of catering to the uh, English-speaking predominant demographic. But, I mean, aside from the couple of goof-ups with the QC that kind of tend to somewhat grab elements from the English version, it seems to be, like Keith was saying, a perfect uh, transliteration of the uh, Dragon Book. From the uh, Japanese version. I will note that they, they did change some pictures. Oh, did That's they? about it. Yes. Like in the um, the the relationship chart, a lot of the, the main pictures, like a Vegeta, Goku, Piccolo, uh, Bulma, Tenshinhan, those have all been changed. And then just in the four character profiles they give, all four of those are new images. So some of that, I'm just wondering if, since it's a smaller book, they needed a different image that they could really get to fit on the page that would look good. Right. So That's fine. You know, I mean, a lot of that stuff is pretty consistent, and they didn't really change it too much, so mm-hmm. I still have no complaints. Well, that also seems to kind of lead into, it kind of jumps back to the general box comments, but it also ties into the book. The seemingly random, in some cases, changing of pictures that were used, you know, both on the DVD books themselves, the disc art, you know, and and in the book now. I mean, it just, some of it I can understand there may be some reasoning behind it, but in some cases it seems kind of strange and not really motivated by anything in particular. Well, we have that. I mean, there's always something changed with the Funimation release, and we just sit and scratch our heads and kind of go, uh, bleh? And just move on. <laughs> well, we were trying to figure out on the DVD books why they just didn't reuse the same Goku image that they have on the front of the Dragon Box. It's a good question. That was one thing that both of us were just kind of scratching our heads going, well, what was the point, really? <laughs> I mean, I know they have a high-quality image of it because they used it. So did they not want it to be overkill? But then the other image they use... They put on disc one, and it's on the back of the Dragon Book. So, <laughs> And it's been used in other promotional stuff, so it's not like it's even a new image or a rare image. Right. <laughs> it's one that's Funimation has used 
many just times. Just a go-to image. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing I want to mention about the book is just the couple of question marks that are littered throughout the text. What do you think is going on with that? At first, I thought they were just, oh, we're saying this phrase and maybe it's kind of ambiguous and they don't know what it is. And Okay, so you're, you're referring to the ones in Curtin's profile and Gohan's profile. And they're not just there. They'll actually be in some of the episode summaries as well. Those are actually in the original Dragon Book. Are they? Yes. And why? Jake and I have kind of noticed this. There, there have been a couple things that we've translated, and those are just randomly thrown in. And we're not quite sure if whoever wrote it was just kind of like, well, I'm not sure about this. But it, it's somewhat of a common thing in Japanese writing that we've seen. Hmm. Uh, you don't see it very often. Well, here, let me read one of the sentences. This is from Kudadin's profile. Kudadin is a martial artist that exemplifies, question mark, the earth. What? <laughs> right. I, I I couldn't tell if that was, we don't know if we spelled this word right. Let's make sure we go back and double check that. But it's in the original. I don't know what to say about that. I don't know what, like, I would say just take that out. Don't keep that in. There's no reason to be right. <laughs> that. I like know. I said, I mean, a lot of it is just a literal translation. And one thing I did notice is there's some odd phrasings here and there. Uh-huh. And um, one thing that did bother me, I, I already kind of touched on earlier, but they just took profile of Goku family and just use that. And that's exactly what it's called in the original. But if you're already translating it, why don't you just call it like, Profile of Goku's family or Goku's family profile. No, no, I want it kept and the make same. It, you know, sound a little more English. <laughs> no, it, it's for us who want it exactly Englishy as it was in the original. You say so. All your Dragon Balls are belong to That's us. That's right. Oh, and there was one thing at the be- beginning of the book in the perfect guide for the episodes. I believe they have Vegeta Saga. Yes. Uh, correct. And then later. Say it right, goddammit. It's Vegeta. I hate you, Freezer. (laughs) King Kai. (laughs) You bastard. And in in the back of the book, they have Saiyan Saga. Yes, yes. Or Saiyan Saga. And in the original, it is just Saiyajin Hen is what they have. So that's just another mistake on their part. And these are all just the most minor of things. But in the attempt to be as complete as we can, we note these things. Right. We have to. That's right. It's what we do. This is our, our job that does not pay us. Let's, that's how we roll. Let's, that's <laughs> right. It's how we roll. Let's move on to the nitty gritty. Dragon Box is all about the video, the video quality, what's been done to it, how different it is, how much better it is. What do you say? This is the best we've ever had DBZ in the U.S. I, I would stand by that statement. How else would you want to qualify it? I think that just qualifies it perfectly right there. I mean, this is the best that you're going to see, in my opinion. Um, I know some people have pointed out, oh, I can see grain. And uh, the one issue with that is in Japan, that's actually considered part of the film. Yes. So a lot of that is just left in. That is how the show originally looked. So they just leave it in. And uh, that that's one downfall or one pitfall that Funimation kind of, fell into when they tried to remaster or update a lot of the look of the show is when they went back and blurred a lot of that stuff together. Right. And now we have people who prefer it that way. And when we come back to how I describe it, it's just its state of being. That's just how it is. That is what DBZ looks like. Well, suddenly that's no longer acceptable. Right. And 
I think one of the biggest misconceptions nowadays is just because we have digital production of shows and everything can look perfectly flawless and the codecs that you can use to encode things are just almost fabulous these days. And, you know, I hate to break it to people, but this show was drawn by hand and made in the 80s and early 90s. I mean, this technology just wasn't around. So it's really hard to compare one to the other. You're never going to get a show from 1989 to look like a show that was made in 2008. Right. It's just not going to happen. Well, not only that, but I mean, film grain has been one of the big things I think has been uh, dividing the fandom, not only here, but in general out there in the... uh, in the world of people that buy digital video products these days, you know, from standard definition up to the more recent HD formats. And it's interesting, you know, a lot of people get on studios for use of digital video nose production, which I know we definitely uh, kind of had our pitchforks and torches ready to burn down Funimation for their stuff. But, you know, recently, you know, they have conventions, of course, all the time. Uh, at BlueCon 2.0 this past year, they actually had Martin Scorsese come out who i mean is a pretty well-known and acclaimed you know director and so forth and he actually said i've got the quote right in front of me a film grain texture can be recreated essentially by blu-ray blu-ray is capable of displaying it which i think is very important recreating the film experience you know it's a very important part of being uh of having a high fidelity to the original source material that's interesting i mean we are in an era where we have progressive 4k cameras that can capture something as clear as you're seeing it in front of you and that's so different from 24 frames per second on film which is a physical medium that inherently has grain well that's what it looks like so how does it look compared to the japanese release that's the big question you want to take this one heath or you want me to jump in (laughs) you're all over this buddy (laughs) (laughs) all right uh i'll fully admit i haven't had a chance to fully scrutinize the box but i have popped in a few episodes looked at some stuff in still frames and in motion uh you know it's it's very close i think to the original i don't think it's something that you know you pop in and you go oh my god what did they do right uh it's I can notice a little bit and keep in mind, you know, this is a standard definition release. If you are watching it on a HD display, there's going to be upscaling involved. Right. You know, I have, for instance, a uh, plasma that runs at 768 lines. I know Mike has one that's a 1080 display. Little I stuff. Is- 20. Okay. Yeah. When you upscale something from standard definition to high definition, you know, small stuff becomes bigger stuff because it's going to be more apparent, you know? Right. The only thing I can really see is there aren't really any defects. It's just that you do notice there is a slight softness to the picture, probably because of either because the source that was given to Funimation wasn't as uh, sharp as the original, maybe, that uh, Toei was working for for the Dragon Boxes, or it may be a result of the. greater degree of MPEG-2 compression that's been applied to the actual video. Right, I mean, it comes down to they got a generational copy and they have one more episode per set, and it's pretty much as good as it's going to look with those two things in mind. Yeah, but, I mean, do you want me to get into stuff with the disk space, or are we going to come to that later? No, let's get into it now, because I did pop in the disk, and I saw that there was a gig and a half still available. Exactly, each disk... Each disc, I mean, you've got the the Dragon Box discs, from what I saw from looking at the discs that correlate to this set, have about 400 megs left, roughly, on each disc. Yep. 
the Funimation counterparts, on the other hand, have another episode, have less com- complicated menus, have some other stuff excised, have lower bitrate audio for the Japanese, but do have an additional, you know, 5.1 track. Um, it is 5.1. Yes, right? it, it is. Yep. All right. I never listened to it, so I'm not sure. <laughs> no, the the 5.1 track is at 384, and the uh, Japanese is down at 96 in mono. Okay. So, I mean, in all honesty, the two put together is about the same as the original. Right. The original was 448, right? Yeah, exactly. You've got an additional gig of space they could have worked with. It looks like two a gig and a half, depending on the disc itself. Where, I mean, you could have conceivably added some more bitrate to the video, maybe, to kind of sharpen it up a little bit or to give a better fidelity. Or, even if it's a placebo effect, you could have tacked on a little bit of extra to the mono bitrate to shut some people up. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. I mean, the, the disk space is there, and as far as we know, it's going to be a, a consistent seven episodes of disk beginning to end. So, why not just toss another, you know... Half a megasecond at the video. Well, I mean, some people had, and I I do believe this is true, you know, I think it was, uh, it may have been K-17 on the forums who was saying that, you know, when Pony Canyon or Toei or whoever did the actual encode for the Dragon Boxes threw the video into the encoder, they essentially just cranked it up to max and walked away. Right. I mean, there wasn't really any analysis of where can we, you know, milk the bit rate a little bit to get a good image but still save some space. It was just complete. You know, it's. I think the bit rate, if you look at the Dragon Boxes, stays consistently in like the high seven thousands into the eight thousand, you know, uh, kilobytes per second. Yeah, I actually took a look at it, and it does dip occasionally down to about six, but for the most part, I saw it staying seven, seven and a half. Well, I've I've done a couple comparison images here. I mean, other than the softness of the image, and there is a little. I actually learned something. I don't know if this is how this affects anything, but the brightness is slightly different. I was going to mention that too. I'm glad you brought okay, it up. Okay, well let's let's touch upon it right now. Um, the way I learned about it is we had someone on our forum, James zero three nine, pointed out that NTSC J, which isn't something official, it's just kind of what they call the Japanese standard for NTSC. Uh, it's usually marketed more with video games, just to make a little differentiation there. Apparently, there is a 10% brightness difference due to the way the signals are transferred. And sure enough, I took uh, a frame from the R2 disc, applied exactly 10% brightness uh, up on it, and it virtually looks identical to the American Dragon Box screen cap of the exact same frame. Wow. I did not know that. Uh well, there you go. <laughs> so the difference in brightness is uh, basically that. We are not Japan. So there is something different in there, and that was taken uh, into account. So I guess props on them for understanding what our uh, technical signal transfer things are more than any of us know. But the brightness is a little bit different. Uh, does it affect anything? Uh, not really. I, I noticed it does. It's very slight. And again, this is something where... Uh, unlike a lot of people, I just have the ability to pop out one disc, pop in the exact same one right. from the corresponding set. Right. I, it, I mean, it does, of course, change the color palette a little bit. You know, things seem more, uh, I don't know, they seem, I don't want to say saturated because that's taken on a negative connotation when we've talked about Funimation, true, but true. the colors are more deeper, I guess. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you pop in the uh, Funimation release, it's not like it's washed out, but it does. There is a uh, appreciable difference between the two. Right. I, I should know. Well, I don't actually own the Dragon Box sets themselves. I do have a bunch of the R2s, so that's how I was able to 
compare this couple of them. I do have another image here, um, and this is you're going to see on our review page of it. It's the scene after Goku has used the Kaioken on Nappa. Um, the screenshot I have here, the R2 release has about a four pixel black buffer on the left and right side. And I did notice that not all of the episodes have this. This particular one does. Over on the corresponding Funimation release, there is no border on the left and the right, but there's uh, about a one to two pixel border at the top. And this means that the frame is actually shifted down a couple pixels, and the very, very slightest bottom of Goku's boot is cut off. So it seems like there's the ever-so-slightest frame shifting going on. Is it a big deal? No, it really, really isn't. Especially if you have any kind of overscan going on with your TV, you're not going to notice that. But, hey, what do you think is going on? Well, I didn't notice that myself when I was watching. And if you look at the original footage from the Japanese Dragon Box, just their remastering process of realigning yeah, frame by frame, right. y- you'll notice that if you watch one episode, and y- you might have to slow it down, but you can see all of a sudden there are black bars on one scene, and then there aren't on another, mm-hmm. and then on the next, they're on the top. And that's just because they've been kind of moving the frames around so that you don't have as much jitter. Right. And I, someone did actually point this out on the forum, I'm not sure who it was, that this had been kind of slid down ever so slightly, like you mentioned. And so I looked at that, and I'm not sure if that was just a a transfer issue that they had, or if they, would they have to do that themselves, actually move it? Uh, As far as I can tell, I mean, I still have a a lot more to look at, but it seems pretty globally across Funimation's release, there is the slightest line across the top, and it's just shifted down a couple pixels. I, I did notice, and I don't know if, you recognized it or not. Did you see at all on the side where in the original there would be black bars, but then on, well, I guess you did kind of mention yeah. it, but on the original, then there are black bars, but on Funimation set, they've cropped it so that it's just a nice, clean cut yep. on the side. Absolutely. Now, the couple scenes I'm looking at this one in particular, you can actually see Funimation has that footage there. It's it's actually there. Well, then the other interesting note that I had, we mentioned the DVD menus. It, in the original, it's an actual... They play a scene in the background with the scene's oh, audio okay. playing. Whereas on Funimation set, it's just a still image, it's static, and then they pick some battle music from the Japanese Which version and just play it. it. It is. And one thing I did notice when I was taking screenshots is on the Japanese, you still get... They left in the black bars on the side uh-huh. where the frame was adjusted. Whereas on Funimation set, which we should probably note, they made anamorphic widescreen. Yes. They, uh, it's actually nice clean cuts on the top, the bottom, and on both sides. Yeah, it looks like they just kind of zoomed in and did a kind of pan crop on the picture and blow it up to fit. And while we're on it, you want to go over the menus? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks like you and I took a very similar shot here with our reviews. Uh, it's static, and there's a scouter. And there's some extra numbers at the top of it. I'm, I'm not sure why they did this. If they were given the original, I, I think maybe they'd be able to edit it. Maybe they couldn't. But they completely redrew the entire scouter and then threw on the Dragon Ball Z logo and the Dragon Box logo and wrote all that. It looks fairly similar, except for the fact that some of the images are different. One is static while the other's in motion. And the one big thing that I noticed was there's a story mode 
on the Japanese Dragon Box, so you can start it up, and it skips all the next episode previews and opening and endings, and just plays the episodes. Right, that, that back, was back, marathon back. mode on the orange bricks. Right. Whereas on the Funimation Dragon Box, they actually got rid of that. So if you can go to play all, but you'll have to watch all the opening and endings, or you can manually skip through. Which them. I was happy to do because I figured if I got the Dragon Box, I'm watching every opening, every ending. Next- Every next episode preview. And so they basically replaced that with a setup menu so that you could go in and change between the audio tracks and subtitles. Right, which aren't there on the Japanese release. Right. So I guess it's a pretty fair trade-off if you consider what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to mention the numbers there on the scatter? Oh, the 9,000? Yeah. Yeah, the the first four digits are 9,000. And... On the original, it's all just kind of gibberish in Japanese. And on the redrawn Funimation one, they said 9,000 and then just threw a bunch of crap after it. Well, it looks like they're all upside down numbers, except for those. So you could say that they are all upside down and it ends in 0006. Oh, I guess that is true. But I, I don't know. Are we looking for a coincidence uh, I, I, I where there isn't one? I would say it's more of a inside joke, which they've used over and over to death. Which is hilarious that they've adopted it as their own, despite I know. it not even being from that voice cast originally. I was going to say, on the original, it's uh, I feel kind of bad because I just had the disc in a few minutes ago. Don't the uh, digits on the original Japanese one continually cycle also? It's oh. not actual static figure, it's just the numbers or the characters constantly kind of... When you first put in the disc, the, there's nothing there and then it starts scrolling across and then the digits are changing constantly. It's kind of like you're actual, actually wearing it and watching Vegeta and Goku fight. So, wow, it's like you're wearing it. I know, kind of <laughs> like in someone's avatar. But uh, one other difference is in all the, the menus on the Japanese Dragon Box, it's an animated scene going on in the background, but it's on every single disc. It's the exact same scene over gotcha. and over. So when you're on the main menu, it's always Vegeta fighting Goku. And then when you go into the episode select, it's always Goku fighting Frieza. And those never change for any of the discs, at least for the first volume, until you get to the second volume. But Funimation, and I give them props for this, although they went with static images, every disc, the background changes which is actually kind of a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. And it changes within the menus, too. Like, if you go into the episode selection, it'll actually change to a screenshot of one of the episodes on that menu. So, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I'm glad that, I mean, if you're going to go the effort, you might as well do something like that. Right, but then I still say, hey, you've got over a gig of space. Why do we (laughs) not get animated menus? But, I mean, that's... Total nitpicking at that point, I think. Well, plus the other thing that Heath and I had talked about is um, when you first pop in one of the Japanese discs, I mean, aside from the fact that they don't kick you straight into a trailer, is um, they actually have like a little uh, splash screen that comes up, you know, the Dragon Box logo. Yeah. It's like an intro animation, right? basically. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just a cool little thing that, I mean, I can't see them having had too much difficulty either recreating or editing. So, I mean, it's it feels kind of abrupt, even though, again, it's a nitpick. You know, you go straight from their trailer into just the static menu. Is there anything else to say about the video on these discs? It's It's nice, right? It's nice. It looks pretty. We're happy. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially this is, I can say, probably with all confidence, had this been the release that came out back in 2000, 
two or something like that, I probably wouldn't have imported the series. Yeah, that's a good point. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on with uh, some of our final thoughts on it. Let's talk about some other aspects of the discs. Uh, we talked about the audio. There's a 96K encode for the uh, Japanese mono track. It's, what, 384 for the 5.1 dub. Okay, uh, I guess we would have liked a little more in the Japanese, but, I mean, it's sufficient. It's just a single channel, right? Yeah, I mean, you go from, for some reason... And again, this spiraled into a talk about the actual DVD specifications for Dolby and so forth. Uh, the original Japanese box actually has a two-channel mono track. Right, right. So, I mean, it's the same data. You're not losing anything. It's just a redundant channel, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so that I guess if, you're, if your stereo or TV is processing it, it knows to just kick it out to those two speakers. Um, right. Whereas if you have, like, a digital signal processing going on, sometimes it can... When it tries to do its math, it ends up sending everything to the center channel, which can be a pain if someone doesn't have their stereo configured a certain way. Right. For me, I mean, it just came out of my left and right, and it was fine. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I from listening to it, I didn't notice anything horrible about it. I mean, you know, I'm sure you know from playing around with digital audio, audio compression, you compress something too much, you start to hear tinniness, you have artifacting in the audio, you right, can hear right. it, it's, it's unpleasant. Didn't really notice that here. The only thing I really noticed is a difference, and I'll try and provide some clips to uh, Heath to put up onto a Konzentai, is um, it sounds not as loud. Oh, I have to turn it way the fuck up, yeah. Yeah, when I was switching back and forth, you know, I was watching, I think the one episode I was checking right before we started this was, you know, the one where uh, Yamcha dies, essentially. Mm -hmm. I popped out the... Uh, English version, put in the Japanese one for comparison, and immediately it was just so much louder. I mean, I had to turn down my stereo because the actual Japanese disc has, I guess, a louder master audio that they were going from, or mm -hmm. the compression made it more muted. I mean, I'm not sure what exactly caused the difference like that. Not a big deal, but, I mean, it's quiet. Make sure you turn it way up. That's about it, right? Yeah, just, you know. <laughs> Crank that shit for your neighbors. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Crank um, that auto goodness. <laughs> Something that people are definitely going to notice is that the opening and the ending sound a lot nicer than the in-episode audio. I had not uh, paid much attention to that, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, the audio for the songs is significantly cleaner uh, and actually a little louder than the uh, audio for the rest of the episodes. That's way to way to show us up, you asshole. All right, fine. I I <laughs> thought it was pretty obvious. I mean, you're listening to it, and suddenly it sounds really nice. All right, fuck you guys. Moving on. Uh, the subtitles, <laughs> more with the theme songs. Uh, we have a romanization of the lyrics up at the top now, which is something new for DBZ, along with the translation at the bottom. So uh, go Funimation. I was I can sing I was, along now. Yeah, I was asking, and I'll ask you also. Um, is this? I haven't noticed this on any other domestic legitimate releases. I mean, is this something that's shown up in other shows? I it, mean, I know it has groups. Yeah, it's not absurdly common. Sometimes what I'll see is one episode will be the translation, and then the next episode will be romanization only, and it'll just flip back and forth. I noticed that with uh, I think uh, Bandai did that with Cowboy yes. Bebop. Yeah, they they did that a lot. I have seen it like this. It's not as common. Uh, I, I love it when they do. I like having both there. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's not the fan sub, digi subway where you have bouncing balls and spinning credits for people that aren't actually involved with the show. So I appreciate well, I don't love show. those distracting things. <laughs> no, not at all. Fancy that? 
What else can we cover with this set? I mean, we have a bunch of emails that we're going to have some extra conversations related to, I guess, the marketing and the fan base. Uh, before we get to those, is there anything else with Funimation set that you guys want to cover? Just, uh, well, we didn't talk about the, the disc images. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if there's much there, but those two of them, they left the same. And the other four are different, but they kept the same characters. So... And I actually totally approve of the image change on the second disc because for some reason Toei used an image of Ma Jr. before <laughs> the 23rd Budokai. So uh-huh. I, I don't know, exactly know why they used that, but Funimation, I guess, stepped it up and they used an actual image of Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z instead of Dragon Ball. Excellent. So that was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, none of the image changes really bugged me. I mean, it was... I think the thing that kind of threw me is that the images almost seemed to go around, go along with the uh, artistic style at the time, mm-hmm. with the obvious exception, like he was saying, of the older Ma Junior picture. It kind of they kind of uh, demonstrate the rounder style that Toriyama was using at that time. And then as you look through the discs as they kind of go forward, you see uh, the changes to his actual artistic style as he kind of goes forward, or rather how the TV series was emulating it. But again, uh, nitpick, but it was something to note. DVD books, uh, the inside, there's a comparison. One's orange and one's like burnt orange, and that's kind of a a little nitpick. But a lot of what's on the Funimation box is actually shinier, I've noticed. So hopefully it gets your attention in Best Buy. (laughs) That's right. They need you to buy it. I'm actually going to one-up Heath, so suck it. Uh, the original uh, Japanese disc books actually were a lighter shade of orange, but then the actual plastic overneath that laid over them where the actual disc holders was, were oh, orange. Bash. Yeah, take it. How you like it? I'm glad that the audience listening to this show actually cares about that kind of stuff, because that is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we can hey, you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> he brought it up. I just looked at it and went, oh, shit, well, I'll up one-up his ass. It's, it's, the plastic is orange, too, so take it. <laughs> and you know we're going to get all sorts of comments now like, oh, those assholes, they're whining about the color of the plastic. That means they hate it. I totally I, hate I this release. Forward. I do not approve. <laughs> the fact that they changed the pictures on the discs means that no one should ever buy it, and they should start writing letters, and and... I don't know, maybe the Vatican should come out and make a statement. I mean, you know. (laughs) So we are totally flipping around the format of the show. Normally, when we finish a topic, we go to releases, but we're not actually done with the topic. We have emails all about the topic, so let's go over to them right now. I think for the most part, I'm going to let you guys do as much answering as possible. Because I'm sick of answering questions on my goddamn show. So, I am going to go ahead and uh, cruise through some of these emails for you. First one here comes to us from Sean. And he's got a little bit of ass-kissing at the beginning, but that's okay. That's that's not why I'm reading it first. I think he's got some valid points here. Sean oh, says... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. First, let me just say that I've been a follower of the site since back in the late 90s when it was just a simple links page on AOL. Holy shit, January 1998. I'm so sorry. I have enjoyed following your explosive fandom. All right, moving on. I write to you today to discuss something of great importance, something that has changed the way I watch Dragon Ball for the rest of my life. Today was a glorious day. I had picked up my pre-order of the very first Dragon Box, and I couldn't have been happier. The wonderful box art, 
the hardcover book, the fact that for the first time in 15 years, I was finally able to own this legendary anime series the way I've always wanted it. It was a matter of seconds when I got home that I was in front of my TV getting ready to begin that 291 episode journey once more. As Chala Hedchala was playing, I couldn't help but smile. This is what I had been waiting for. But then, something odd happened. As Raditz crashed onto Earth and the farmer looked on with fear, the first thing I thought of was, Oh God, my marijuana patch. It got worse as time went on. From the MySpace joke to the beer joke, the crab, and the Krillin-owned counter, I couldn't stop thinking of Abridged and how it is ruined slash made it better to watch DBZ. Napa was the straw that broke the camel's back. Vegeta, I can fly. Perhaps it'll get better as the second and third sets are released and I can focus on how awesome the Frieza saga is since it is yet to be tainted slash made better by the fine folks at Team Four Star, but only time will tell. Am I the only one who has this problem? I can't be alone in this as thousands of fans buy these sets in droves only to start quoting the ever-popular fan parody. To finish this off, I think it would only be appropriate to say to the first Dragon Box as it sits on my shelf, Todd, you've been replaced. I think he means Tom. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. No, I'm still keeping my Dragon Box. I paid $50 for the thing. Also, thanks for leading the charge all these years as the unofficial leader of the Dragon Ball fan base here in the USA. It's been a long time, but we finally won. Only six Dragon Boxes to go. So, Heath and Corey, uh, you having this problem? Because, fuck it, I am. You know, when you guys, when you were talking about the uh, history of the Funimation releases, with them releasing the quote-unquote arrival episodes over and over again... Yep. I just had in my head playing over and over again, my space pod, my space armor. <laughs> we get, we get it, it here from space. space. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's such a terrific thing that you can appreciate, at least for me, Dragon Ball on a whole new level. Because it has, I mean, yeah, we all love this show at all. It holds a special place to all of us. But the fact that it's kind of been revitalized in a way on a separate level with such a good parody. Right. I mean, it's 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 fucking hilarious to sit there and go, I love this show, but at the same time, I can think of random shit that I've seen from Team Four Stars, abridged version, and how much I look forward to seeing what they do with later, you know, right. arcs, series. I guess I can say that I can tune that part out, but at the same time, if I want to come back, yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole switch that you have. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's uh, almost part of the fandom now for a lot of people. So I know it's brought a lot of people almost into the fold of following Dragon Ball Z and especially just the abridged series. So it kind of gets entwined a little, but at the same time, I think I myself can kind of pull myself out of that. But then if I'm in a certain mood, just be like, oh man, this shit is hilarious. <laughs> You're a better man than I am. It's funny because, you know, it's I don't think it really kicks in so much with me when I'm watching the original version because it has those fleshed out moments. But if oh, yeah. you're watching Kai, which is yes. trimmed down so much yes. to try and make those time, then I really start thinking, especially considering, you know, the TV broadcast of Kai is cropped to the 16.9 format. Right. And I guess Abridged was using their, uh, until recently, the... Uh, orange bricks as their source material. I mean, you just can't help it. It's true. I mean, it's different enough as it is, so now that it is different, you may as well pull in the different memories. A lot of different things going on. Different's the word of I the moment. I will say that I almost cried when Nappa was killed in a bridge. Because... <laughs> <laughs> that just made the entire first season for me, and I think for a lot of bands. All right. But it made the ending that much sweeter. <laughs> I don't know. I'm honing you. 
<laughs> All right, so now that we love a bridge, let's move on. I'm going to read uh, the next question here, and you're going to have a battle to the death. This one comes to us from Sweet. Shinobi03. says, I have a question about Funimation's change with their Dragon Ball releases. Why is Funimation now excluding Region 2 format from their releases? In the past, Funimation always released Dragon Ball DVDs compatible for the players of Regions 1, 2, and 4. But starting with remastered Dragon Ball Season 1, they started releasing just for Regions 1 and 4, not for Region 2 players. And this format is carried over to the new Dragon Box, pissing off all Region 2 fans from the Europe and Middle East in some parts of North Africa. I'm not angry for excluding Region 2, as much as I'm mad that they left the Region 4 intact. I mean, Australia has Madman, who imports anime from North America to Region 4 countries. Why leave the countries who got someone to get them Funimation's releases, huh? But drop the countries who got no one to give them the releases. Even ma'am. Okay, so, is Funimation doing this to prevent the Japanese fans from importing their Dragon Box from them? If so, are we, non-Japanese Region 2 fans, at fault because we live in a non-Japanese Region 2 country? Are we following all that? Uh, uh, I'm not happy with my wash. <laughs> <laughs> So, Shinobi 03 lives in a Region 2 place that is not Japan, and now can no longer just import it and pop it in to watch it, because it is Regions 1 and 4. Uh, what are your theories on the removal of Region 2? Uh, it, the thing is, if he's not in Japan, I mean, aren't most other Region 2 countries on the PAL system? So, I mean, you would still have some issues with color space conversion, right? Right. But, uh... I don't know. It's. I was thinking about this the other day because it did become a topic on the forum. You know, people were talking about it. On the one hand, you could argue that it was a stipulation, maybe, of them licensing the Dragon Box Masters. You know, to try and you know stop people from reverse importing. Or I guess in this case, would it still be reverse importing? Yeah, it still would be. It's kind of a reverse of a reverse. Yeah, I got a little twister around there for a second, but stop them from importing, you know, essentially a cheaper version of something that's still being uh, published domestically over there, right. uh, albeit a single form. But the only thing I don't understand with that is, um, A, I'll come out and say I think the whole region coding thing is bullshit. It's right. a stupid, antiquated system, but... Right now, the interesting development we've had here in the past few years is that Blu-ray, since they've redrawn the region maps, we're actually in the same region for Blu-ray. So I'm not sure. I mean, Funimation, one of the things they've been doing here recently is they've been releasing uh, Blu-ray discs that are just upscales of existing uh, SD material. Right. So assuming they take that next step and actually conceivably do a dragon box in upscaled blu-ray format it would be still a native something that japanese fans could play cuz it is their native region so i don't know it's it is kind of confusing and uh ssj rambo i believe mentioned it on the forum if you look on japanese auction sites like yahoo auctions you'll find a lot of times there are tons of funimation releases on there we do know that a lot of fans in Japan are importing these, at least we would assume so. So I really don't know if that's a valid statement that they're trying to avoid that. But at the same time, they have to understand that most people do possibly realize there are region-free DVD players. Mm-hmm. So 
or you could just hack your DVD player, so it still doesn't really stop you from importing it if you really wanted to. Absolutely. Well, there's I mean, the exciting world of Region Zero bootlegs from uh, <laughs> neighboring Taiwan and so forth. Right. Hong Kong. Yes, indeed. Which doesn't actually affect these, because we want them to buy the legitimate release. But Exactly. No, look, but they want to get the bootlegs that have 18 episodes of disc, right. because those are high quality. Right, that, that epitomizes file. Dragon Box right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, our third email here comes to us from our buddy Will. Now, Will uh, has quite an argument to make here. Will says, I will not buy the new Dragon Boxes as they are currently put out by Funimation. There's really two reasons, one major and one minor. I'll start with the minor one first. The video. In all honesty, I could care less. What he means there is couldn't care less. One of my biggest pet peeves. It's all right, Will. About bit rates and cropping. As long as I like the actual video, I'm happy. In that respect, I'm simple like that. And to be honest, I don't like the way the Dragon Boxes present the video. It looks a little blurry for my taste, as well as very pale and grainy. Keep in mind here, I'm really struggling to define why I don't like them, so please forgive me for those vague descriptions. I fully appreciate, however, the orange bricks presentation, which, in my opinion, doesn't look as grainy as the Dragon Box, and the colors look washed out. Now, I don't have anything against full screen. However, I do prefer my videos on widescreen, and that's why I refer to the season sets, I think it means prefer, to the Dragon Box, with the exception of those cases where the lines in the animation are taken out, which I don't mind too terribly, and plus, from what I've heard, the problem is pretty much gone from the later sets. I'm actually quite excited now that the season sets have the Japanese audio, because thanks to Dragon Ball Kai, I have a much deeper appreciation for their work than I did before. So knowing that they were on the Dragon Box actually made me a little more excited, since I no longer hate the Japanese voices. However, the music is a different story. I cannot stand Shinsuke Kikuchi's score for Dragon Ball Z. At all. As opposed to Kenji Yamamoto's score for Kai, which is awesome, as awesome as Bruce Falconer's. I don't enjoy listening to Kikuchi's music. I find it to be rather unexciting, not engaging, as well as just rather boring to listen to, with a few exceptions. On the other hand, Bruce Falconer's music is very electronic, very rockish, and very much memorable, in my opinion. It is the music I expect to hear when I watch an episode of Dragon Ball Z, dub or Japanese. It's the music I love and what I want to hear. And that's the nail in the coffin for me. I can take slightly different video, but when Funimation told me that if I buy their new set, I can't listen to the dub with the Falconer music, I got angry, very much so. And for that reason right there, that reason, I will not support them in this new venture. I will instead be sticking to my season sets, because that has the format that I want to see DBZ in. Now, if the season sets have what I'm looking for, why am I complaining about the fact that the Dragon Box doesn't have it? Well, it may be because, as much as I like the season sets, I cannot deny that the Dragon Boxes were indeed the way you were supposed to see the series. I would like to own the Dragon Boxes alongside the season sets. Why not? It's only more pleasure for me. But I feel very sad knowing that the Dragon Boxes release, such a monumental event, is something I cannot partake in, simply because Funimation did not include the music that I love. I may agree that Funimation did not give me what I wanted. However, I am very glad, very happy to know that at least everyone else got what they wanted on these boxes. So I truly, meaningfully say that for those who love the Dragon Box, I hope that you really enjoy them to the fullest extent. There we go. So... Responses on what Will has to say about not getting his perfect release. I think we've covered it a bit before, but what do you have to say for yourselves? Should I give the friendly version or should I give the frank version? Uh, we are very frank on this show. All right, here's my frank response. Uh, yeah, I understand people are unhappy, a certain demographic that the uh, dub audio was not thrown on there with the Falconer score and whoever his succeeder or whoever succeeded him was his successor. But I mean, look at it this way. If you're looking at all things fairly, the past 14 to 15 years has been comprised essentially of Funimation and their affiliates 
marketing the product towards a very specific sect, i.e. the people that would complain about the lack of the score, it seems like everything has been tailored to them up to this point, and I don't think it's right necessarily for them to uh, feel outraged because finally the people that, in all honesty, to a degree, helped Funimation become a viable business entity are finally getting a release tailored to them. I mean, it kind of seems like this is balancing the scales, not necessarily spitting in the face of people that like the dub version necessarily. That's a good point to me. You're talking about supporting the business. Uh, majority of dub fans, as far as I can tell from reading the internet, don't buy the series. They watch it on TV or watch it online. Exactly. Well, my one thing, it, he touched on the, the music. Well, he doesn't like the original score, I do have to say, you have to remember this was all back in the late 80s, early 90s. You didn't really have the rockish Japanese music at that point. So not to justify anything, but it just wasn't around. And it, I think it's great that he likes uh, the dub music. And yeah, it's a disappointment that it's not on there, but I don't know if it's anything I will personally lose sleep over. But at the same point, I have to almost fully agree with Corey because... I don't want to say it's an eye for an eye sort of thing, but at the same point, they're reaching out to a part of the fandom that they've almost never catered to and finally said, okay, you know what? We're going to do you guys one up and we're going to give you the Dragon Box. So is it mean? Should they have included it with an extra over a gig on the disc? I don't know. Well, here's my question. I mean, he... He makes a big deal of it. You look at the way that he's written things. His big his big thing that he feels he should hit Ralph the Bat is that he doesn't prefer the actual video presentation of the Dragon Box. Now, Grant, he does he does underline that saying that's a minor thing. But, I mean, he talks about he prefers the season sets. They give a more modern look to the series, I guess. It doesn't look grainy, etc. So, doesn't that kind of, doesn't it kind of negate the rest of the email? I don't like the Dragon Box that much, yet I still wanted to have my audio so that I can have something I don't like as much as the season sets. I'm with you. What I'm reading here is I feel left out, boohoo. Right. I mean, it's it's. I've always said this, and I don't understand why people are so adamant about it. Funimation changed the musical score by their own admission in order to attract a demographic of a younger age group back in 1996 or 1995. It was very targeted towards that, and obviously it continued to be targeted towards that despite the fact that they changed their production methods. I'm not sure why people are so uh, adverse to hearing how the show was originally presented, even though that is the uh, the more commonplace method these days for actually bringing a show over from Japan. I mean, it's very rare that you see a show come over these days and get a full rescoring, rescripting, etc. Yeah, it's so true. I had my little mini rant uh, a couple episodes ago. I brought up the examples of One Piece and the new example of Initial D. Funimation has come to the rescue, redubbed them accurate, thrown back in the original score. Why is it that these anime fans who demand this of current stuff turn around and for DBZ, that's not what they want? Well, I mean, I can understand. I can understand nostalgia factors. I mean, one show I'll point to that I actually own is uh, Techman Blade. It was yeah. a show that was on ages ago, and I mean, what they actually had to do because the show was so badly uh, edited for the TV version is they had to release two separate DVD mm-hmm. sets. They had the Japanese sub only version, and they had a dub only version, which was completely different. And, I mean, I waited till the dub only version was like five bucks for right, the whole series, right. but. 
But I mean, I picked it up for nostalgia's sake. I can understand what people are saying about the lack of the dub audio, but it's, again, like you're saying, it does seem like a, oh, now I feel left out. I maligned this thing before, but now that it's actually out there, uh, I don't want to be the only person that's not in the sandbox. And I think it, it also goes back to, you mentioned other series that Funimation has come and changed or corrected. Uh, I think it is all based on what you're comparing it to. When Dragon Ball Z first came out in the U.S., I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of anime around, at least not to this level. And nowadays, uh, if you're a Funimation rep, maybe turn the audio down. But there are people that are out there downloading shows as they air in Japan. And so they kind of, I think, get somewhat attached to that music. That's how they know the show as originally aired. And so when it comes over to the U.S. and a company releases it, I think they somewhat realize that, and they're starting to stick with the original score. They don't have to really beef anything up. They don't have to try to attract people to come in because the anime base has been built up in the U.S. over time, whereas when Dragon Ball Z first came out, there wasn't really a big anime base in the U.S., and I think that might be part of the issue, whereas nowadays, like you said, One Piece, a lot of people watch One Piece before it's ever released here. I think they kind of have an attachment to that, and if they put in new music and that's all you got, I think a lot of people will be pretty pissed off. Yeah, I agree completely. We've, we've talked about that. Dragon Ball came at that time where it was after the Robotech, but it was before the Naruto, where everything was censored to everything was basically kept as much as it was going to be for a TV broadcast. It, it walked the line, and it can't really decide how it wants to be treated. And I think we're at a point now, the way I'll say it is it's, it's time to put it behind us, move on. If and when we get Kai, we're pretty much guaranteed at this point it's going to be Kenji Yamamoto's score. I mean, that's just how the anime industry works. You think? Uh, the interesting thing, I do agree, it'll definitely be the original score. The thing that will be more interesting to me, and it's a whole other topic, will be if they do decide to go and redub it instead of just sampling, I guess, dialogue from the existing dub, right. how will they approach it? Will they actually approach it as a whole new entity, or will they just try and keep that same mentality that they've had with Z, despite the fact that they've gone back and selectively redubbed certain portions of it? Great point. A whole other conversation. And, oh, yeah, <laughs> and I think I'm hoping we'll have that someday. All right. I think we've talked about Will's topic and a lot more. So let me jump down here to the last email we're going to do in the show. This one comes to us from Lance. Heath, are you ready for this one? I suppose. All right. I've done some research. I'm ready to combat you here. Oh, my God. All right. Lance says, I just got my Dragon Box in the mail yesterday, and I am in so much love with it. I've had to reclassify myself as Dragon Box sexual. Wait, oh, for, forget I said what? that. I am just so excited, so forgive me if this isn't as clear as some of my other emails. Sigh. Anyway, this is what I've always wanted out of the series, and props to Funimation for finally getting it right. I can't wait for more, as well as Dragon Ball Dragon Boxes. My question is about the next episode previews. First off, it's so great to actually be seeing them again. I've only ever seen them on my old fan subs from back in the day, and half the time, they weren't even translated. They just said preview in the subs but are they supposed to be after the ending credits in all my fan subs it was always last act commercial break preview and end credits i remember being quite surprised when i picked up a few of the gt singles several years ago to find that the previews were after the credits as i had never seen it like that before i browsed through the forum a bit and i seem to recall a post from i believe either hujio or herms one of the constantai guys saying that the previews are supposed to be after the end credits so why the discrepancy any clarification on this 
what's right. And just to be on the safe side, this isn't some OMG, it's different from how I remember it. We have to boycott this product and I hate it. I love my Dragon Box. I'm just wondering what the deal is. I love how we, we've mentioned this with some of our own comments and some of the emails where it's so sad that we have to qualify this as we're just saying this to be complete. Please put your pitchforks down. Yes. It, it, we love this release. There's only minor things that we think maybe could have been done differently, but overall, I'm still not going to say don't buy it. All right, Heath, what's the story here? Because I looked at my fan subs and Lance is right. It goes preview and then to Zenkai Power. Um, Honestly, I'm not too sure, but I believe back in those days, it did air before the ending credits. And this is something that the anime industry in Japan has actually switched, Gotcha. if that makes sense. For anyone that's actually watched One Piece or anything like that as it airs, or Dragon Ball Kai, I was about to say, instance, I popped in the Kai Blu-ray, yeah. The next episode preview is now at the very end. So I have a feeling what Toei did when they redid these boxes or remastered the episodes for these boxes, they just moved them so that it would be in convention with what the anime industry is now using these days. Make any sense? No, absolutely. So I'm not exactly sure when that transition period was or when it happened. I believe it was probably around the end of GT, which was around the time when a lot of anime became uh, sponsored. And yes. you would start to see sponsor cards, which you can now see in Kai. Uh, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball never had sponsor cards, but GT did. Yes. And so it was kind of a thing, I think, that they wanted to move that to the very end to get you to stick around. Because some people might not want to watch the ending credits. Because in Dragon Ball Z especially, they use the same damn song for 199 episodes. Right. So... <laughs> If you don't care about the credits, you're not really going to stick around. So I think later they kind of move those to the end so that you have to see the sponsor cards or maybe the sponsors ask them to do it that way. And that is my answer. That is an appropriate answer. All right. So, guys, we have talked extensively about the set. We've answered a few emails on the set. I'm going to go around. And I think I know the answer from everyone. Should someone buy this set? Someone being anyone. Heath. No. Fuck you. Corey. Don't buy it. What's okay. <laughs> That's it? I'm done? <laughs> no, I think um, people need to realize that this set is not meant for everyone. Like Will, for instance, if you really wanted the dub, I think this really wasn't made for you. And I think Funimation maybe went a little too far when they said hardcore fans, because I think that's a little misleading, because hardcore doesn't necessarily mean Japanese only, because there are plenty of fans out there that love the dub, but they will buy this in a heartbeat just for the video quality. Overall, though, I'd say it was a really good release. There are a couple things I would like to see done just a tad differently, but it would not stop me from telling anyone to go out and buy it. Corey. Again, it points back to, you know, three years ago, if we were sitting here talking about stuff, I never would have believed we'd actually even have this release. Um, I'm impressed, you know, despite all the nitpicks with their uh, attention to detail with the actual reproduction of the original box itself. Again, you know, a little bit more QC, a couple of small things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you've been waiting to buy Dragon Ball Z, then this is definitely the release to buy, both in terms of what you're getting for your money and just the overall presentation. And I mean, I can only hope that maybe a little bit of refining as we go on, but that they do uh, complete this whole run because we know how that goes sometimes. <laughs> very true, very true. I think we're pretty set. I think we're getting all I seven. Think, I think we're safe. 
And I'd love to see an original Dragon Ball Dragon Box, but oh yeah, we'll I'd, love, that I'd love to have I'd love to have almost like the Austin Powers collection where I have the original ones and then I have the midget ones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Or the Vern Troyer edition, as we'll start calling it now. <laughs> well, and one thing we didn't mention was in the original press release, they announced that they also had the Dragon Box Masters for the movies. Right, which you've heard so, nothing about since. Exactly. So I'm thinking maybe somewhere down the line they do that, and then if all this is really successful, they go, hey, let's just do them all. Right. Yeah. Hold them over until they can release Kai. I mean, this is this is what they have in the meantime. Think about it, in all honesty, I... I will make a prediction right now. I think that they will exhaust the DVD releases of all of these. I do think eventually they'll release all of them in some sort of mini Dragon Box format. And then if Kai is not ready for licensing by that point, I would honestly not be surprised if they went to doing upscaled Blu-ray releases. Who knows? So, Mike, what do you think? Uh, Love it. So happy. It's about time. Come on. I've been running my site since January 1998. I've been following Funimation since 1996. I, I'm I'm a happy camper right now. <laughs> when you said I've been following them, I just imagined you chasing after them, very angry with a sign. <laughs> <laughs> just see Mike move to Dallas. <laughs> oh. Mike camping out in front, and Mary just shaking her head with her just head in her hands. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me in '99, but no longer. Julian you know. shooting a porno off to the side. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm wrapping it up with you. However, this isn't the last we're going to hear from you. Uh, I'm very much hoping that we are going to see both of you for episode 200, right? Right now, that's the plan. Excellent. But but if anyone would like to donate money for a plane ticket, I'll gladly accept. <laughs> you say that, it may happen. Um, I will gladly accept. <laughs> Well, shit, fuck him. I'll take money just for gas. Come on, I'm an easy. I'm an easy, Mark. <laughs> You're four hours away, you bastard. Yeah, but gas is expensive. I drive a turbocharged car. I've got to buy the expensive-ass gas. And if you and pack I need up all those dragon boxes, they weigh so much. <laughs> I know, seriously. That's how I do my upper body workout. All right, well, I am very much looking forward to uh, having you guys here. We're going to have a little party in celebration of 200 good times. It shall be. Indeed. All right, guys, I'm done with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I'm done with you, too. Yeah, screw you. Yeah, seriously, fuck We're you out of here. Side. All right, yeah, you, he, that's fine. You go get your help working on your Dragon Box review, and I'll just sit here and slave over everything myself. It's cool. <laughs> well, I asked. Did you ever ask? Of course not. I'm too proud to ask. <laughs> but seriously, if anyone wants to send me money, I am more than happy to accept. All right, we're done. Heath, plug Constantine. Oh, you can check both Herms and myself out at Constantine, www.kanzentai.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at Constantine underscore C-O-M. Or if you want to stock either of us, you can search and I'm sure find us on there. Good deal. And, um, oh, yes, we are running a contest. Oh, that's right. You are. Yes. So I might as well plug it, right? Please. We are giving away a copy of Dragon Ball Raging Blast and not a Funimation Dragon Box. So if you would like just the Raging Blast, uh, head on over to Constantine and be sure to sign up. That's right. You got two chances, basically. Two sites, two prizes. Yeah. So if you, sign up for both. That's right. Might as well. What do you got to lose? You could win two copies and then sell one. <laughs> it's true. That may happen. All right. Corey, you want to plug anything? 
Uh, yes, um, I would like to plug uh, new brake pads and rotors for myself. Um, <laughs> I do accept either parts or money to buy said parts. Um, I'm sure you can gift them through any major automotive part website. I drive a 2005 WRX. Thank you. It is a long drive to New Jersey, and I'm sure everybody would cry if my brakes gave out. Oh, wow. You're bribing people with the prospect of death. I love it. Hey, you know, sometimes I've learned well. I've learned from many great mentors. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I didn't even go that far. (laughs) Officially done. Thank you. We've spent... Uh, I am about to hit 145 on the raw audio. Let's see what that comes out to. So thank you for joining me. We'll see you, God, in a couple of weeks. So Mary, we're doing things a little out of order this episode. We just took care of the emails and finished up all the Dragon Box discussions. So now we're jumping back to do releases. I'll just let you take it. November sure. 25th. Ah, remember when these November releases were like one for every day of the month? And now we're at the end and it's like, okay, here's one day. Yeah, and well, keep in mind, we do have December ahead of us, but it's not that full. Right, not, nothing compares to this November. <laughs> I know. I don't know what it was. So we got November 25th, which is a Wednesday. The progression CD single will finally be coming out. Catalog number LACM 4647. Got the opening theme to Dragon Ball Raging Blast as performed by Hironobu Kagayama. It retails for about 1200 MSRP but you can get it on CD Japan for a little bit cheaper. 1143 yen. Also coming out that same day is the French Kanzenban Dragon Ball Volume 5 published by Glenant. It is 1055 euros but you can also pre-order it on Amazon France for 10.02 euros, so just a couple of cents. So there you have it, the rest of the November releases. Yeah, we're done. All right, then, contest time. Take our stuff, please. Take our stuff, please. That's we right. love you. We love you so much, we want you to have major goods and products. And other people love you, too, specifically Namka Bandai and Tanuki Kuribo. They love you so much, they have donated things to give away. And I am very, very excited to let you know, in case you don't know already, we're giving away a copy of Raging Blast on the PS3, and we just talked endlessly about it this episode. Funimation's Dragon Box. Our buddy Tanuki has donated one. We are tossing it in. We are giving them away. Mary, we've had a couple people. I'm going to put them on the spot. They cannot figure out how to enter this contest. Let's see if we can break this down for you all simple-like. It is very, very easy. To enter this contest, all you have to do is send an email. And by send an email... That means go into your email client, open up a blank email in the to field, write contest at dizex.com. That is spelled C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Now, oh, Mary, this is very, very complicated. I can't figure this out. Whoa, whoa, it gets worse, I tell you. Because How do I know which one I am entering here? Well, there are two prizes. You got, If you want to, you said two emails. Okay, okay. If you want to win the Dragon Box, put Dragon Box in the subject line. If you want to win Raging Blast, put Raging Blast in the subject line. If you want both, send two emails, one for each item. And in the body of the email, you don't have to do anything fancy, but we love to have you make us laugh, so want to put something silly in <laughs> we there. We have That's gotten fine. plenty of hilarious stories. But I this, love them. This will be a random drawing, so yes, what you put correct. in the body doesn't mean squat. It's no. just for our amusement, and we're bored. <laughs> That's right. So, folks, get in your emails by Friday, December 4th at 11.59 Eastern Time, PM, because we will be recording and... Uh, giving them away. And then our party's the next day, too. So 
Uh, actually, if you're coming to the party and you win, you can pick it up in person. Oh my That'd God. Be great. <laughs> I doubt that'll happen, but uh, we have people entering from so many countries throughout the world. And yes, you are able to enter no matter where you <laughs> live. Mike's a nice guy who likes to ship to anywhere, despite having two winners in the UK so far. <laughs> That's right. We uh, actually have gotten in uh, at least one more donation recently. I haven't attributed them yet, but depending on where these prizes are going to go to, they may be funding the shipping on the prizes. So we always appreciate all that great stuff that helps us do what we do here, and that is give you free stuff. We love giving you free stuff. But Mary, like I said, there is more to this content that meets the eye. Yeah, don't think that's it, y'alls. There's because more stuff. even there's there's more that I don't even know too. That's right. So, so just holy crap. Keep paying attention. Pay attention to the website. Pay attention to the podcast. You will learn everything in due time. So Mary, this officially brings us to the close of episode 198. You and I have only been recording for like 12 minutes or so. You know, there's another hour and a half of content in there. You know what? Even without a topic, you could do a very brief what's going on in the dragon world type of podcast. Oh just yeah, absolutely. News and releases. Which we do every week. <laughs> right, but if you want to really strip it down, you could conceivably do a 12-minute Dragon Ball podcast. Well, It'd be it, very boring, but you could. It's true. It'd be very boring, and there's only it's a slow news week. What are you going to do? That's why we package jam-filled with other content, talking about Dragon Boxes. Uh, so, Mary, next week is going to be 199. I know we've been talking a lot about video games recently, but there is one more game. I am, I think, four hours into Attack of the Science. I am hoping to charge through this game over the next week. If the final review isn't on the podcast next week, I'll at least give you my near final impressions, and there will be a full written review up on the website in the relative near future after that. It's been nothing but hardcore reviewness for about a month. I know. There's so much. I mean, video games. There's the Kai Blu-ray, which uh, the full review is up on the site as well. And because I don't think I announced it specifically in the topic conversation because it wasn't done yet, the full written review for the Dragon Box is going up with this podcast and includes comparison images, all sorts of... I don't even remember what else is in there. It's super informative. I've been working on it for days. I am uh, at a point where I'm pretty happy with it. I am ready to uh, let it go live. And of course, Huji has been working on a constant tie feature as well, so you can compare all sorts of wonderful things between the two of us. Mary, thank like you. Like penis sizes. Yes, like penis sizes. That's, uh, that's what we do. You know, after, after we're done... <laughs> on the internet... Well, after the size of your review after equates we're to... done recording the podcast topic, what we do is hook up the webcams <laughs> and compare the size of our e-penises. Right now, I'm a little bit bigger than them. Just a little bit. I don't know. They might have more images than you. Uh, Maybe. Not that I've seen it. Does that contribute I don't to e-penis size, though? Yes. Images? Yeah. I know. I'm about words. It's really about the content for me, and that contributes to the... Is, would that be the girth of it? <laughs> it really comes down to length versus girth. And words add to the length, but images add to the girth. So it's really a personal preference. So uh, video game impressions <laughs> next week, and then episode 200 after that. From the sounds of it, uh, Corey and Heath are going to be here in person. I'm excited Ooh. about that. I'm still working on what the fuck we're going to be talking about. But it will be an epic recording of uh, episode 200. Maybe we'll be streaming it live. Uh, oh my god, drunk shenanigans. <laughs> we'll, I we'll apologize. See. No, no, I don't think. I mean, maybe a little bit. Whatever. <laughs> dancing mic. <laughs> Definitely the day after. No, no dancing mic. Definitely the day after that uh, wonderful shenanigans at the party. Uh, I guess that's it. Oh, god, Mary. 
198th and 199th and 200. Those are how numbers go. We're almost there. I can't believe it. Where have the years gone? They've gone with my wallet. That exactly. is where they've gone. Yeah. All right, Mary, wrapping it up for reals. Uh, you want to plug TFT, I guess? Okay. My site is Temple of Trunks, a Trunks fan site. You can find it at www.templotrunks.com. Mike. Yes. You're from Dyson X along with Julian. Yes. So, what's that there site? Yes. If I go to my search toolbar and I type DyZX, yes. Yes, it is the uh, first result. Just putting it out there. You can type DyZX, yes. Or you can type www.dazex.com. I am catering to our Canadian fans. Do they say Z in Canada? I think so. <laughs> I love how you say you're catering to them and then you don't even know. I, I don't know. Let's say Europeans. We're catering to Europeans. Sure. All right, we're done. This was 198 for Mary over. Yeah. Ba. For Julian, way, way, way over there. Come on, Mary, you have to play Julian. Alright, thank you. I'm uh, a <laughs> My name, we already talked about this porn star mustache once this episode. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and uh, hopefully I'll see you in two weeks in person at a party, but otherwise you can uh, listen to my voice next week with uh, cool people. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Dies and EX, the podcast. We look forward to you joining us next week for another show. Look forward to it. Or die. No, don't, please. Oh, you got